Welcome. Good evening. Merry Christmas. How are you doing this evening? You doing well? Are you excited to be in church this evening? What better place could you be? You know, I think more and more often Christmas Eve service is getting a bad rap, but I couldn't think of a better place to be than to be in church together with my church family, worshiping my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So we're excited. Kids, I know that you're looking forward to Christmas presents under the tree, but tonight we're looking forward to worshiping the Lord, right? So let's go ahead and stand to our feet. I'm going to pray. We're going to get started. We're going to head right into worship together. Father, we thank you. God, thank you so much for the greatest gift that was ever given. Lord, the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. God, to think that you as our heavenly father had a plan from before the foundations of the world were laid to send your son to make a way for us to have a relationship with you. God, it's amazing. God, we gather here together this evening. It's not a performance, God. It's not a show. Lord, we gather here this evening to worship worship you because you are worthy, Father. I pray that we would lift our hands, that we would raise our voices, and Lord, that we would celebrate all that you've done for us. We ask your blessing on this service, Lord. We give it to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen.
Amen. Well, welcome again to our Christmas Eve service. We are here to worship our King. Amen. So if you guys have been in our services over the last month, we've been singing a song called Manger Throne. And it's for a reason, because we are worshiping this evening the King who came on a manger throne. Amen. Who didn't come on an iron throne, right, to rule. He came as a baby to die. So we're joined here today to, to worship him together. So let's worship.
Sandy, if you want to make your way to the stage, please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this night. Lord, we thank you for this group of people here. Lord, we thank you, God, for your church, Lord, which is here tonight to praise you, God, to praise you for the gift of your son. Lord, it is our prayer, God, that he would be high and lifted up here tonight, Lord, as we gather here. Lord, thank you for Jesus. Lord, thank you for the life he lived. Lord, thank you for the cross. Lord, thank you that we can worship you here together as a family this morning and this evening. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Once upon a midnight clear, heaven's song broke through the air, peace and goodwill towards men, born now in Bethlehem. Once upon a bed of straw, slept the sovereign sun. Sun. 
Thank you, Sandy. Jesus, the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Amen. We serve an awesome God. We're going to invite the kids at this time. If you are up till fifth grade, if you want to go ahead and step out of the pews, I know this can get a little crazy, but that's what this service is all about. So kids, if you want to go ahead and make your way up here and Cindy Kickline is going to come and we're going to actually have a story uh, that's read for you or told to you rather uh, this evening and uh, we're super thankful for how God has gifted the individual members of our church. Amen. We have an awesome church filled with awesome people and these kids are some of those people. So we don't think that kids are the future of the church. We recognize them as the church. So real quick kids, we're going to take up the offering and so we're going to pray. Okay. So the ushers are going to make their way down and we're going to pray for the offering tonight. And every year we have a wonderful privilege of being able to take up an offering and it doesn't go to our church. It actually goes either to a ministry partner or to a missionary. And this year, we're, we're actually going to use the money that we take to go towards the benevolence fund here at church, which means we're going to use that money to go to people who are in need. We have people here in our city and in the Lehigh Valley who are in so much need. And we have the opportunity, along with the help of, of Dennis Bishop, you don't know Dennis, but he's the man, I promise you. Um, he helps our deacons give to people who need help. And so we're going to take up an offering this evening and it's going to go entirely to the benevolence. Okay. So can you guys bow your heads and close your eyes, put your hands together and we're going to pray together. Father, we thank you, God. We thank you for this night. And we think about these little kids who are in front of us and we're reminded that your son came to this world as a child, as a baby. And so Lord, we're so thankful for our kids. God, I pray that as we take up this offering this evening, God, that you would use Use it to minister to families and individuals who are in need. God, that you would use us to be the hands and feet of Christ, to, uh, for us to be the church in our community. God, that people could see the love of Christ through us. Lord, I pray. We ask your blessing upon this offering in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Welcome, boys and girls. We are so glad you are here. Make sure you can see our pastors have been talking to us about finding Christmas in unexpected places. So I brought my mystery bag so we can look at some things that will help us to see Jesus in unexpected places. Okay, so you're ready? Here comes my first one. What do I have here? Lights, right? Lights. I love, love, love the Christmas lights. Do you like looking at the Christmas lights outside? Yes. Do you know why I think I love them so much? Because I really don't like the dark. I don't like when I can't see. I don't like when I can't see what's around me. So I love the lights. You know, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Kyle talked to us about finding Jesus in creation. Do you know one of the first things that God said was, let there be light? Yes. And boom, just like that, there was light and the darkness disappeared. Well, also in the Old Testament, it says the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. It also says, arise, shine, for your light has come. Guess who that light was? Jesus. 
It was Jesus. Jesus actually says of himself that he is the light of the world. You know that song we sang in kids' church? He is the light, 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 light of the world, and he shines, shines, shines all over the earth, shining bright, bright, bright. He is the light of the world. So when you see those Christmas lights, remember Jesus is the light of the world. All right, let's see what else I have in here. This one is really little, but it's a little table. Now, why would this table make me think of Jesus? Well, hopefully you're going to be sitting around the table with family and friends, and when you do, you'll remember to stop and say some words of praise to Jesus for who he is and thank him for all he's done. You know, in the Bible, Jesus sat around the table with his 12 special friends, and they had a very special meal that we still celebrate today when we do communion, or we call it the Lord's, tape, the Lord's Supper, when we all sit around. And you know what? Jesus also was known for going to the houses of sinners and sitting at their table. Well, the Bible says we're all sinners, right? That's why Jesus came, because we needed him to save us. And you know what? If we trust Jesus, guess what's going to happen? In heaven, there is going to be a feast at a really big table where we get to sit around that table face to face with Jesus. All right, let's see. Hmm. What do I have? Christmas tree. A Christmas tree. Now, hmm, why does a tree make me think of Jesus? Well, trees are strong and sturdy, right? Some trees, the leaves turn brown and they fall off. But this kind of tree is called an evergreen tree. The, there's no leaves to fall off. The pine needles stay nice and fresh. It's always alive. And Jesus is alive. So I can remember that. Also in the Bible, there was a story about someone who climbed up in a tree just so he could see Jesus. Do you remember who that was? Who? Uh, um, it was the evil tax collector. He was an evil tax collector. His name was Zacchaeus. And you know what? I'm so glad, Elliot, that you remembered he was an evil tax collector because Jesus went with him and sat at his table at his house, just like he wants to be with us. He transformed that evil tax collector sinner Zacchaeus into a man who wanted to right the wrongs that he had done. And Jesus came, because we're all sinners and need this, he came to die on a tree, on a cross that was made from a tree so that he could take our sins away. So when you see those Christmas trees, remember Jesus. All right, the next thing I have, what is this? A sheep. A sheep. And what do sheep say? <laughs> yes. Now, sheep have someone who takes care of them. Who takes care of them? The shepherd. Guess what? On the night that Jesus was born, God sent a heavenly choir of angels, not to kings in palaces, but to sheep and shepherds 
on a hillside. You know, we're all kind of like the sheep. Sheep really need that shepherd to take care of them. And God wants us to know that every person is important. That's why he sent the angels to the shepherds. And also why Jesus is called our good shepherd because he takes care of us like the shepherd takes care of the sheep. You know, the sheep wouldn't find food. They'd even walk off a cliff if they didn't have their shepherd to help them. And sometimes we really need that help of our good shepherd, Jesus. All right, I've got one more. Uh-oh. It's in here, I promise. I found it. This is a candy cane. You can see these all different colors, all different flavors right now. But you know what? Mmm, yes, Asher, I agree with you. But you know what? The man who first made them, hi, Ellie, wanted them to look just like this. You like those? I'm glad you like them. He wanted them to be hard because Jesus is strong. You know that song, we are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. How do we know? The Bible tells me so. So he wanted it hard and strong. He also wanted it to be white because Jesus is the only one who is not a sinner. That's why he was sent to save the rest of us who are sinners. But that was only gonna happen if Jesus died on that cross for us and took away those sins that we have. That's why it's the red, to remind us of our sin. Washes our sins away like the song we sang, white as snow, white as snow. Though my sins be as scarlet, Lord, I know. Lord, I know I am free and forgiven. How? Through the power of your blood, through the wonder of your love, through faith in you, I know that I can be white as snow. So when you see a candy cane, Remember, Jesus died for your sins to wash them away. He wants to be our good shepherd. If you look at it, it looks like a shepherd's hook, right? And if I turn it around, what is it? It's a J for who? For Jesus, our good shepherd, who came to wash us clean from our sins. And your name too? Okay. So wherever you go, whatever you're doing, look for Jesus everywhere, and especially when you open your Bibles, because as Pastor Tim has told us, you will find Jesus on every page from Genesis to Revelation. Thanks, guys. You can go find your family now. Now I'm not gonna lie, this thing is heavy. It is, it really is. I just brought it from there to here and I'm like, I'm out of breath. 
Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Let's give God a hand praise. <laughs> he is worthy to be praised. Amen. Amen. I am so glad to be here to be ministering to you all on this evening about the birth or the person who is Jesus. Amen. The Savior of the world. I love this time of year. I like the lights and I like all the uh, festivities and I even like the cheesy Hallmark movies that my wife makes me watch. <laughs> Christmas with the Prince. Country time with, the, with, with you know, finding Christmas in the country. Or It's always a, a young woman who's career driven and she finds herself in a pickle and then she finds herself in some remote area and then along comes this strapping handsome man. And then yada, 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 happily ever after. So I'm going to actually write one of those cheesy Hallmark movies one day. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But I love everything about Christmas. But the one thing that has been tap dancing on my last nerve, and forgive me, forgive me if you disagree. The one thing is the constant playing of Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. Out of the thousands of Christmas songs, she is always in rotation, all the time. I was at the grocery store and there's Mariah. Then I was at the department store, there's Mariah. And then I was peacefully trying to pump gas at a Wawa and on the speaker, here comes Mariah. They are always playing that song, amen? That's just a little Christmas joke from the pastor. If you would open up your Bibles with me to 2 Kings 6, 1 through 7, we have been finding Christmas in unexpected places. And in order to find something, you have to do your research. You have to look into it. You have to do the work in order to find it. And so we will find Christmas in an unexpected place in 2 Kings through the life and the miracles of God's prophet Elisha. 2 Kings 6, 1 through 7 reads, Now the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See the place where we dwell under your charge is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan and each of us get there a log and let us make a place for us to dwell there. And he answered, Go. Then one of them said, be pleased to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was failing a log, that means cutting a log, his axe head fell into the water and he cried out, alas, my master, it was borrowed. Then the man of God said, where did it fall? And when he showed him the place, he cut off a stick and threw it in there and made the iron float. And he said, take it up. So he reached out his hand and took it. I know it sounds like I'm going to be long, but they told me I have 15 minutes. So somebody keep me accountable on that. Amen. <laughs> I won't be before you long. I promise. Now, wait a minute. Is this a Christmas message. Who is this Elisha guy? Who are these sons of the prophet? Where is the manger? 
Where's the donkey? Where's Mary, Joseph, the three wise men, gold, frankincense, and myrrh? But most importantly, where's Jesus? The true gift of Christmas. And we are here to celebrate that gift. We have been exploring finding Christmas in unexpected places through the prophet Elisha. And what we learn in school is it's called, there's types. And what these are, these are certain objects, characters, or certain occurrences in the Old Testament that reveal Christ within the Old Testament. Augustine said that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the Old Testament, well, the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And so tonight, we are going to see Christ concealed and woven within the verses of this text. First, I want to talk about this man, Elisha. I love identities, and I love to know who people are. Number one, Elisha, his name means God is salvation. Jesus, his name means Yahweh saves. And we all know that Yahweh means I am that I am. And so if he's I am that I am, that means there's no limitation to his salvation. Both of them, their ministry started in the Jordan River. Elisha took up the mantle from Elijah and started his ministry at the Jordan River. John was in his camel coat smelling like wild honey and locust. And he looked up one day and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. And then he baptizes Jesus in the Jordan River. They both healed many. They both healed the blind. They both healed leopards. And they both fed many with very little. They both were able to expand liquids into a large amount. They both did all of these things. They both healed a woman's lost son, an older son, and resurrected him to life. They both had resurrecting power. A, dead, uh, a man died and then they threw his body in with Elisha's bones and when his body touched his bones, he came back to life. And we all know that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. They both were betrayed for money. Elisha had a servant named Gehazi and he wanted to make a profit off of the man of God and he tried to betray him. Judas did the same thing to Jesus. All of these similarities, and you can see Christ in the life of this prophet way before he comes onto the scene. Last but not least, the similarity that we're talking about tonight was they were both able to make things that should have sunk into the water float. In Jesus' case, it was Peter, and in this case, it was the axe head. Let's go to the word of God. I'm going to try to exposit this as quickly as I can. Amen. Before there was three wise men and before there was gold, frankincense, and myrrh, before Mary and Joseph, before the star was shining bright, and before a old holy night and before a silent night, we see Jesus in this text. The first thing that I want to point out is, if we go back to verse one, is now the sons of the prophet said to Elisha, see, the place where we dwell under your charge is too small for us. Stop right there. I want to point out that the men of God are seeing that there is a need and they address, they're address they addressing the need and they want to do something about it. 
This place is too small for us, Elisha. We need to, we, we need to, we need to build. We need to make something new. We see that there, there's more people that, need, that, that are needed on the, uh, on the worship team. We see that there's more volunteers needed for the mills ministry. We see that, 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 that we need more prayer ministry going on in our churches. We see a need and we're addressing it. We're not just sitting back and saying, oh, you know what, let them handle it. We see a need and we're addressing that need. And then he said, let us, and then they said, let us go to the Jordan. Each of us get there a log and let us make a place for us to dwell there. And then the man of God said, go. I want you to see the order of this as we move along. Then one of them said, be pleased to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So first they see a need. They address the need, but then they don't get to work before they actually ask the master. They consult with the master first, and then he says, go. He gives them a charge, but they dare not want to do anything or go anywhere without the master. I dare not want to do anything in ministry or in this life without God with me. I don't want to write a check without God. I don't want to talk to people without God. I don't want to go into relationships without God. I want God with me all of the time. And so they acknowledge there's a problem. They go to the master for his consultation. And then they said, we want you to go with us. And he answered, I will go. Jesus said he will be with us always. Amen. So he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was failing a log, as he was cutting at the log, his axe head fell into the water. Now, I want to stop right here because, see, we have to understand that iron back then was very, very expensive. And it fell into the water and it was borrowed. So now this young man is in debt. And to be in debt back then means you are now enslaved to the person that you're in debt to and you have to work off that debt. And he cried out. And I have to stop right here because what happened was he didn't nonchalantly say, oh, you know, oh, well, you know, it just fell in there. You know, let me go get another one. He cared about this thing falling. He cared about the, the thing that was borrowed and that was given to him falling into the water. And now he's in debt. And he cried out, alas, alas means that it's a cry out that, that means that there's no hope. And oh my goodness, you know, it's just, a, it's just a grieving almost. Alas, my master, it was borrowed. Somebody gave it to me. God has given each and, of, each and every one of us a gift. Has your gift fallen today? Has your gift been sinking this entire year? Then it says the man of God, and I love that it says the man of God because it shows me that this man had the characteristics of God. His response is what I loved. He didn't say, how dumb could you be? What were you thinking? We now owe money. No, 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 he didn't say that. He said, where did it fall? And God is saying the same thing to you and I today. Where did you fall? Where did your prayer life fall? 
Where did your study time fall? Where did your marriage fall? And then he said, when he showed him the place, and this right here, I had to like really, really stop. And the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. When he showed him the place, this tells me there's accountability. Not only am I telling you, God, what's going on in my life and where I, where I fail, but I'm going to show you exactly where it was. I'm going to show you the time and the moment that I gave up on you. I'm going to show you the time and the moment that I stopped praying and that I stopped giving and that I stopped coming to church. I'm going to show you exactly where I stopped and where I fail. And when he showed him the place, the Bible says he cut off a stick. And, and, and this is interesting because I just read you or read off Elisha's resume. He performed many miracles. He could have easily said, axe head, come on up. Or he could have snapped his finger and the axe head just appeared. You know, he, he performed many miracles just as Jesus did. But no, 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 no. God wanted you to see what I call the beautiful exchange. And this is where we get into financial terms because this young man is now in debt. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And now I want to talk to you about exchange, God's exchange. He wanted you to see clearly the foreshadowing of the exchange that was made in order to get this young man out of debt. I'm going to throw a stick in and then the exchange is the axe head is going to come up. This is what we call a beautiful exchange. The giving and receiving of something is what an exchange is. There are a lot of exchanges happening these days with gifts and purchases, but I want to talk about the exchange that God made for us to be saved. We were in debt to our sins like this young servant was in debt as the iron head was sinking to the bottom of the river. And yet God made an exchange for us by sending his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross and pay our debts. The good news, which is the gospel, the euangelion, is a response to the bad news, which is what? Sin. And so we see the beautiful gift exchange that only a good God could provide for us. For unto us a Savior is born. It doesn't say for unto us a career is born. For unto us status is born. For unto us all of these material things that will not last is born. For unto us a Savior is born. But the only way that would ever be good news for me is if I understand and I'm accountable to knowing that I need a savior. I have to see where I fail in order to even get excited about a savior coming to get me. And that is the power of the good news. And last but not least, as I close, worship team, you can come on up. When we're looking at these financial terms, the wages of sin and, 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 and this young man being in debt and being enslaved to someone else, we see the doctrine of substitution, which is so powerful. Because God sent his son and because that son was born unto us to save us from our sins, grows up does ministry, does many miracles like Elisha, and then he dies. That's the power of substitution. Now, because of what he did, 
when God sees the cross, he sees my sin. And when he sees me, he sees his son. That's the beauty and that's the greatest gift exchange that you will ever encounter on this earth. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, for the power of substitution. God, you gave us the greatest gift exchange ever known to man. And God, we thank you, Lord, for sending your son. For you so loved the world that you gave your only son the greatest gift. I don't know what's up under the trees that in all of our houses, all of the presents, but nothing, nothing will compare. No gift will compare to what you have given to us. And we thank you, Lord, this evening for that gift. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, will the candle lighters please come up? There's a white candle in the middle of the reef and it's called the Christ candle. And those lighting the candles will light theirs from this candle and then yours. John 8, 12 says, Jesus said, I am the light of the world and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. As we hold our candles and sing, we are, reminding, we are reminding ourselves that we are a part of a community of faith. We are part of the family of God, and he is a good, good father. As the room's light dims, we are also reminded that no matter how dark the world or life may be around us, we have the light of Christ dwelling in us because he is with us even until the end of age. Hallelujah. Let's stand. And we're going to sing together as, a worship, as the worship team leads us. Amen.
Christ the Savior is born Silent night Holy night Son of God Love's pure
God is good. Amen. At this point, you can blow out your candles, though, to save the church, right? But it is so beautiful seeing us all together, gathered here, praising our King. Amen? Let's continue our praise.
on, give him praise. Come on, keep it going. <laughs> we serve an awesome God and we get to celebrate him together, right church? Merry Christmas. Man, we hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Remember as you go throughout opening gifts tomorrow, slow down, pause, right? Read God's word, reflect upon God's word and worship him because he is worthy. On your way out, you can throw your uh, candles there in the bucket and we have a gift for you. We have a cookie downstairs. They're delicious cookies, I promise. If you leave any, Mark Jefferson will grab the rest. So don't leave any for him, okay? God bless you and Merry Christmas.